Our Hebrew scripture reading this morning comes from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 55, verses 1 through 9. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you that have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me, and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen so that you may live. I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. See, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. See, you shall call nations that you do not know, and nations that do not know you shall run to you. Because of the Lord your God, the holy God of Israel, for God has glorified you. Seek the Lord while God may be found. Call upon the Lord while God is near. Let the wicked forsake their way and the righteous fear thoughts. Let them return to the Lord that God may have mercy on them. And to our God, for the Lord will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, said the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. The Gospel reading this morning comes from Luke, chapter 13, verses 1 through 9. Listen for the word of God. At that very time, there were some present who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. He asked them, do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were worse sinners than all other Galileans? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Or these 18 who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all perish, just as they did. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and found not one. So he said to the gardener, See here, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and still I find none. Cut it down. 
why should it be wasting the soil? He replied, Sir, let it alone for one more year until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. So end of the reading. How many of you have ever heard the book, Why Bad Things Happen to Good People? Harold Kushner wrote the book because we all struggle with, when you look at a life, someone who has lived their life well, and something bad happens, and you think, how could God allow that? This is what happened back when Jesus was walking with the disciples and some people, and they were talking about the situation where these Galileans had gone into the temple to make sacrifices to God. And in that day, what you did was you killed a pigeon, you killed a dove, you killed a calf, you killed a goat, something, and the blood was put on the altar. That was how worship was done. Sounds kind of horrible to us, but that's how it was done. And you know the story of Pilate, right? What do we know about Pilate from the Gospel of John? He washes his hands. Pilate really looks like this great guy, doesn't he? You know, the, they're bringing Jesus to crucify him. He's like, well, I don't think I should do that. You know, maybe I'll, I'll wash my hands. I'll let you guys decide. Pilate, you know, is often portrayed or thought of in Christian circles as this really good guy. Pilate was not a good guy. Pilate was almost removed by Rome for his excess brutality. And Pilate wanted to show the Jews who was in charge. So one day when people were in the temple sacrificing, he just went in there, brought some soldiers, and killed them and mixed their own blood with the offering that they put to God. This was scandalous. It polluted the temple. It was horrible. And, and you know, the, the thought is, you know, why would this happen? So why does this happen? In Deuteronomy, the philosophy is, or the theology is, that the sins, our own sins, are not only come back to us, but they come back to our kids and our grandkids, even under the third generation. And what does Jesus say? Nards to that. Are you kidding? You think these Galileans were any worse than anyone else? They picked the wrong day and the wrong time. This has more to do with Pilate than anything else. He said, but if you don't repent, same thing could happen to you. It says the people that were at Siloam, and they're at Siloam, and a tower falls on them, and they're killed. You think those people were worse sinners than anyone else? No. But that's the explanation. We need to make explanations. Why do bad things happen? I mean, remember the Indianapolis 500 where the car hits and goes in, in, in flies into the first row and 36 people go to a hospital? There are a lot of people that's like, well, you know, those people, if they had only, you know, 
lived better lives, they wouldn't have got hit by the car. And someone like me would say, if only they had been in different seats, they wouldn't have been hit by the car. Because it had more to do, in my opinion, about where they sat and where the car ended up than anything else. But there are people who just say, well, you know, if something bad happens to you, there's a reason. Secretly, you deserve it. There are people who still think this. And when bad things happen to us, sometimes, don't we say, what did I do to deserve this? Really? You know, you're not supposed to be where you are and your car breaks down. Well, if I'd have been where I was supposed to be, my car wouldn't have broken down. These things, these thoughts go through our heads. We're supposed to be rational, intelligent people. Jesus says, let me tell you a story about a fig tree. It says, for three years the master comes to this fig tree and it's got no fruit. What's the point of a fig tree? To produce. This is an easy one. When they're easy, you just go ahead and shout them on out. They're not all this easy. To produce figs. And for three years I've come looking for figs and there are no figs. Cut it down. Why is it wasting the soil? Beginning of Jesus' ministry, John the Baptist says, repent. Repent, 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 repent. Already, right now, the axe is lying at the root of the tree. Anyone who does not bear the fruit of repentance will be cut down. This story is about that connection with John the Baptist. Jesus has been in ministry now for three years. For three years I have come to this fig tree looking for figs. Still there's no fruit of repentance. Cut it down. This sounds again like, you know, punishment, doesn't it? Isn't religion about punishment? That was a, that's a rhetorical question. You're, the answer to that question is supposed to be no. Thank you. Otherwise, I get in trouble. It's like, do you know what BJ said? It's about punch. Thanks a lot. I lose my job. BJ is now involved with another search. Okay. No. Because the story doesn't end there. The story ends with the gardener saying, give me another year. Give me one more year. I'm going I'm to loosen the soil. I'm going to spread some manure. I'm going to tend this tree. And next year, Next year, if it doesn't give you any fruit, then you can cut it down. I have a strong suspicion that next year, the gardener's going to say, I only had one year. Give me another year, just in case. Because far be it from you to cut down this tree in your garden 
if next year it would bear fruit. We are the trees. And sometimes we are bearing good fruit, aren't we? And sometimes we're not bearing any fruit at all. And sometimes that's our fault, and sometimes it's just not. People are looking at this church and saying, why aren't we growing? Is it our fault? Does this church need to be cut down? Is that what needs to happen? In your life, you know, you just retired and you're spinning your wheels. You don't know what to do. You don't know what to do. You can only play so much golf. You know, Oscar Wilde, actually, was Samuel Clemens described golf as a good walk ruined. If you like golf, I'm sorry, but that's what Samuel Clemens said. All right, if you love golf, then I apologize. You can only do so many things. My mother-in-law is retired, and she feels her life is empty. And all she does, she lives in a retirement community in Florida, and all she does is she plays golf, and she plays tennis, and she plays gin rummy, and, uh, you know, euchre, and all of these things all week. That's all she does. And she says, you know, I know, it's probably wonderful, right? She doesn't go to UCC church. You got that right. You got that right. And she says to my wife, her daughter, who she knows for, to look for answers, my life feels so empty. Like, duh, Mom. You spent your whole life helping people. And now all you're doing, you know, you think, okay, I, I worked my whole life so that in retirement... All I have to do, that's God saying, what are you doing to bear fruit? <laughs> and you better have a good answer. That's your mother-in-law, mother right? And, and Mary's saying, Mom, why don't you volunteer? You know, you, you did secretarial science your whole life. There's all these young women who, who need some skills so that they can get a job. Oh, I don't want to do that because I have commitments. She won't do it. She feels empty. She knows what she needs. Sometimes it is our fault. Sometimes the fact that we're not bearing fruit is our fault because we, quite frankly, we don't want to bear the fruit. We just don't. And there's other times when, you know, you got a young woman who grew up in an abusive home and she's got addiction issues and she's now married and she is working her tail off doing everything she can to try not to fall off the wagon to keep a job you know get a job in LA when you haven't had a job it, it is hard to suddenly go from having no responsibilities to having responsibilities you got to be there on time you got to do the right thing you got to smile when you're not happy you know, and sometimes, you know, when we're not bearing fruit, it is just not our fault. And so what's supposed to happen then? Should the tree get cut down? Or do we need a little grace? We need grace. Everyone in this room knows that there are just times in our life when we flat out need grace. You drive across, you leave your home in the Midwest to come to California, you think, what have I done? What you need right now is a little grace. It's all going to be okay. 
next year there's fruit. You know. But what's interesting here is that the gardener actually gardens. I was in Hawaii. I spent two weeks in Hawaii, and it's lovely. Um, we stayed at the Aston Maui Hill, and everyone in upper management is Caucasian. And everyone who actually does the work is Hawaiian. You know? It's just is the way it works. Okay, let's not be shocked. It's just the way it works. And I got to the end of the week, and I kept hearing the word for thank you, and I went to the Hawaiian, lovely, big, beautiful Hawaiian lady at the front. She just, her, she just radiates joy and love the whole time. You know, she just so, they're so happy, you know. And, I, and she was doing something. I said, I got to ask you a serious question. So she put down her cards. I said, people keep saying thank you, but is it mahalo or mahalo? Because I keep hearing it both ways. And she smiled at me and she laughed and she turned to Dennis who had been in charge of the whole company for 30 years and she says, Dennis, he's got a question. And so I asked my question and he says, it's mahalo. And she smiled and he left. He, I don't know how long he's been in Hawaii, but he's run the company for 30 years. And he left and she said, it's mahalo. <laughs> She says, you can say it either way, okay? It means the same thing, but it's actually mahalo, you know? But, you know, he'd been around Hawaiians for 30 years, and he didn't know. He didn't get, you know, he ran the whole thing, but he didn't get his hands dirty. He didn't get his hands in the soil. There's a story of a pastor who um, they grew up, and there was a beautiful lilac bush, and, and where, where her, her mom died and, and a situation where she, she took a, a piece of the lilac and, and trans, you know, transplanted it and it did lovely. And then finally her dad died and they had to sell and she realized, I need another, I need another lilac, you know, for over here. So she did and she planted it and for six years this thing hasn't bloomed. And she says, she keeps waiting, she says, I can't, I can't cut it down because it's the family lilac. It's mom and dad. She says, but it's not blooming. I could go to the nursery down the street and get a new lilac and it would bloom beautifully. But I can't do it because this lilac means something to me. She says, on the other hand, for six years, I haven't done anything to this lilac. I haven't, you know, gone around the roots and worked the soil. I haven't put the fertilizer on. I haven't done anything. I've just hoped. Next year, it would bear fruit or bloom. That's how God feels about us. It's not, we're not just another tree that can be cut down. Here's history. God made us. Each and every one of you, God made you. And you're good. Just wants a little fruit out of you. The good news is God's going to loosen the soil and put some manure on us. If you're like me, you get plenty of manure. And just wants some growth and wants some fruit. And just sometimes it's not our fault when we're not bearing fruit. It's not our season. Other times it is our fault and we need to just, you know, bear some fruit. So look at your life and say, is this a season where I just need to rest? Or is this a season where I need to start 
bearing some fruit. You know the answer to that question inside. The good news is that God is always there digging around the roots, digging around the roots, fertilizing, cultivating, watering, saying, you got more fruit in you. You got more fruit in you. And that's good news. Amen.